the other kind of radio. The other kind of radio. Radio. The other kind of radio. Radio. Recorded live from the studios here in the Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to the 42nd episode of The Other Kind the Radio, other Talk kind Radio. Radio. The Other Kind Radio is a weekly podcast where uh, we take a look at pop culture and we say, what's up? The other kind of radio. Or, what's up? It's a long time callback. I apologize. My name is Jeff. I'm one of your hosts. Todd is your other host and will be joining us shortly. Uh, but we got a few house items to go through first before we get the real talent on the show. Uh, if you're hearing my voice, that means you've managed to solve the How Do I Listen podcast puzzle. Uh, this means you've found us on iTunes or Stitcher or any of the other podcast apps or streaming applications that are out there. So congratulations. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, and uh, I was out and about doing travels and some people asked me, how can we help you, Jeff, Todd, the other kind radio? How can we help you out? And uh, actually, uh, I mean, we're not going to ask for money. But if at the end of this podcast, you can go to the application that you're listening on and give us a rating. Uh, you know, I'm not saying you have to rate us high, but give us a rating, uh, maybe write a comment. And what that does is it goes into uh, the space-time continuum jar that kind of mumbles and jumbles and does comes out with the algorithm and uh, helps us get more eyeballs and uh, ears, eyeballs and ears. We might change the name of the podcast to that. And, uh, you know, just gets us some, uh, some cred, some street cred. And uh, we'll hopefully continue to grow our audience and um, keep doing the show. So uh, appreciate that if you could do that. On today's show, uh, we have a brand new segment that I'm very excited about that we're kicking off um, called What's the Thesis? And I'll, uh, once Todd gets on the program here, I'll have him set that up. We're going to do a joint Todd's take on and Jeff's judgment on. We're going to take a really good look at Roma today. Uh, on center stage, we're going to talk about the documentaries that have come out by both Hulu and Netflix about Fire, the Fire Music Festival. And me being the, <laughs> it's funny, I do, a, I do a podcast on pop culture, but I did not know a lot about Fire. Um, so it was very, uh, uh, very uh, educational for me. And then we'll end the show uh, today by uh, giving our predictions on this particular sporting event that uh, is happening today in which the uh, league that runs that game is rather uh, picky about what words we can use. So I'll just say it rhymes with Wapple Bowl. Bowl. The Slavled Come. Something like that. I don't know. Um, also, before we get Todd on, I want to send some shout-outs. I spent uh, 10 days in San Francisco and met a lot of kind listeners, handed out a lot of cards. And didn't get everybody's name, but thank you, San Francisco. You were a great uh, town to uh, talk podcasts and pop culture with. Um, then I was on to Dallas where I met, uh, had a, a team building uh, opportunity and actually found out that one of our top level managers, VPs, uh, you know, the top of the top of the top of the management chain there actually um, found out that we do this podcast and uh, was going to listen to it. Um, I don't know 
if I still have a job, but uh, uh, shout out to Ken. Uh, Chef Jeff, I visited with him. It was always good to see him. Keith, Brandon, and and many of the other uh, kind listeners that uh, took time to uh, say hello. And um, it's it's really interesting, especially with, you know, the way things are going uh, to kind of just have a little bit of, of time and sit down and uh, get some feedback. And it was it was really good. So, oh, and a shout out to uh, um, uh, Matt, who said he used our podcast to stay awake on a long drive. And I asked him if he liked the podcast and he went, I don't remember any of it. So <laughs> that could be good too. All right, enough of me yapping. Let's get, uh, let's get the uh, radio out here. He's in his studio in Dallas. I haven't talked to him in a couple of weeks. Let's see if we can find which channel he's on. Come in, Todd, do you read us? Yeah, that kind of sounds like how my head has sounded for the past week. That's like all the congestion I've had and whatnot. That's You're what, just sifting through it right now. You are not feeling well, and I'm sorry. And, and and thank you for, even though you're not feeling well, for coming on and doing the show. I'm on the rebound. To be fair, um, I, I went through a little bit of living hell. My wife works for a doctor's office and decided to bring this lovely thing home that with my sinus issues, I originally thought, hey, this must be a sinus infection. So she gets me an antibiotic. But quickly I realized, no, that cold she had, she decided to pass it on. <laughs> and a man, oh, man, was it a bad one. But I am at least to the point of not feeling like the armpit of the world. Right. Now I'm just sort of the arm. <laughs> and speaking of arms, I'm seeing you're lifting it up. It's looking good. Oh yeah, that, that's actually the other one. But yeah, the shoulder. Man, I'm seriously the, the kind of listener thinks I'm like a walking medical ward. <laughs> I'm sick. I've had a shoulder repair, but you know what? Actually, I had a great report from the physical therapist. Good. That everything is great. She's moving me on to weight training, which is not what you think. I'm not going to become you know Mr. Uh, what do they call it, Mr. Universe? I'm not going to become that. But it's the fact that now we're going to build those muscles. And she gave me the year about four to six weeks from being discharged thing. So I'm almost done. Fantastic. I have, um, again, to the audiophiles in the audience, um, it has been cold here in Omaha. I have not been or stepped foot in my uh, in the studio, so uh, the heater is on, so you may hear a little bit of background noise. Just think of it as white noise and and use what Matt does. Use it as a, uh, a device to which not to fall asleep to, but not also remember any of the show. And uh, we, we don't mind being that as well. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know, Matt, but I did want to say you never want to be the thing they say I put you on to fall asleep. <laughs> right. But then I started thinking, is it a little weird when he puts us on not to fall asleep too? We want to kind of be in the middle. So, Matt, we hope we're entertaining you today right. to the point where you neither fall asleep nor need to not fall asleep. His only his only other comment to me was, he goes, I think it was just one time where, I, where he was like, no, that's wrong, Jeff. And I was like, well, do you remember what, what it's about? He's like, no, I, I don't remember. So... <laughs> Because like what I really do all the time is come out and say things like, no, that's wrong, Jeff. Right. I don't know that I've ever said that. So, you know, Matt, you and I may be fighting soon. You're trying to provoke me and Jeff into a fight. Right. I, you know, just, a, just the most milk toast of milk toast reviews. But that's okay. <laughs> he listened. He thought of us. And that's, that's what we like. Matt, we love having you here. So things are good with you. Um, uh, you know, I've just been traveling and running around. And, uh, I mean, we talked a little bit on the, on the pre-show. But... Um, um, anything major happening? Anything you want to throw out there? You know, it's it's been one of those situations where it is nothing but being daddy and working and being daddy and working. So it, it, life is good. I'm just glad to be hooked up with you again. Do you know what the state motto for Nebraska is? 
No, I don't. What is the state motto for Nebraska, Jeff? The good life. What? The really? Good, yeah, the good life. Yeah. I mean, that's I, fine. I, it's just not anything I would have ever thought of. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give myself a point. <laughs> there you go. And I'm still going to screw up the... For some reason, I'm in a double-click mode, and on the soundboard software, you just, just click once. There yeah, we go. You're, you're a little bit out of practice. It's been a couple of weeks right, since we did this. Right. Everybody forgive Jeff. He's he's excited today. I, I'm excited. Uh, I'm tired. <laughs> but one thing I did want to share with Todd that we didn't talk about in the, in, in the uh, pre-meeting was, um, you know, when you go back to your corporation and you're doing uh, team-building exercises, we went to a place in... Um, Outside, just outside of Dallas, I think it was in Capel, called Corky's. Have you heard of Corky's? It sounds familiar, but I don't know why. And no, we're not getting paid for this. Um, it is a combination, right? Old arcade games, but you know, those are a dime a dozen. A lot, a lot of places do that uh, with food and beer mm-hmm. and axe throwing. Hey, oh, <laughs> hey, let's start a business. <laughs> and what I want to do is arcade games, beer. You know what sounds really cool? Axe throwing. <laughs> Let's just throw that in there. Corky's, that's, you know, you, you got a very unique idea. That's just, I don't understand the correlation. So, you know, again, you know, before going to those events, uh, you hear conversations, maybe you participate in conversations like, well, I'm just going to go there and eat, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to really throw, uh, you know, any axes or anything. But kudos to the team there that leads you through. They have some like little cages set up and everything. So it's, it's pretty safe. Um, and what they don't ask, they just say, okay, you five are on a team, you five are on a team, follow us. And they have axes in their hands, which is also very persuasive. And, um, so we did, you know, we did some warm up rounds and I'm telling you right now, kind listener, uh, kryptonite is ax throwing to me. I wasn't landing anything. Meanwhile, you know, everybody else is just nailing it and nailing it and nailing it. And, uh, the guy that was training us said, you got to throw it harder. And I said, you know, I've been playing pool for for you know close to 10 years and that whole thing about pool is not using too much force so this is the exact opposite anyway the last building exercise we had was kind of a deal where they randomly picked one person that person picked another person and you had two throws and the person with the highest score would move on and then the person that moved on would select another person and it was double elimination and yep i was the champion. I am the 2019 axe throwing champion. That was a little loud. So there you go. I can throw axes. For some reason, I got in a good rhythm, and I knocked out some very high level, uh, uh, high level managers in our company. So that could be another reason why I don't have uh, don't have a job. So. Uh, if you're in that area and you want to have some fun, go to Corky's. It's a good time. You know, I, I'm still <laughs> perplexed by axe throwing. And so I, you, you mentioned something in there and I, I want to touch on it. And you said cages because what I was afraid of arcade games and beer, you might have people that, Hey, you beat my Galaga high score. Right. Right. And now I'm going to drop a quarter and I'm going to try to beat you. <laughs> axes and beer. Hey, you threw better than me right into the head with an axe. Right. Is there something that prevents the violence that might go along with a weapon and beer? I think it's mutual uh, assured destruction, which means if you decide to throw an axe or somehow hurt somebody, there are better people 
uh, equipped at throwing axes than you. So you might get one or two in, but then you're pretty much going to get, you know, hit pretty quickly. But anyway, Corky's good place, good time. And uh, I'm waiting for my plaque to arrive so I can own that title. I am so in awe of you. You are so cool. <laughs> All right. So let's get into this first segment. I'm really excited. You said you recorded it. Uh, you said it while I was on the road. I forgot, but I'm glad that you did. Um, you were able to get some FaceTime with your daughter and get her to uh, to record uh, what's going to be a new segment so we don't have any sound effects or anything. It's called What's the T-Sys? Todd, take it away. So before I throw it to this, just to remind the kind listener, this came about because doing a podcast about pop culture, at some point the conversation came between Jeff and I where, you know, there, there comes a point where you're live where you realize, hey, I'm in at least the second trimester of what's considered life you know you're somewhere in that place and while you may have a complete understanding of what's going on with pop culture and what's being said i did mention to jeff how my daughter abby will come home and say things and suddenly i'm that adult that's kind of going what 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 did you just say and so we decided to have a segment with my daughter where she the the initial saying that brought this up was she will often say what's the thesis now i'm going to let her explain in the segment but that's what this segment's going to be going forward. So this is going to be odd. I'm going to throw it to myself, throwing it to the segment, but you know, here I, we go. I, I can help. I can help you out. T take it away, Todd. All right. So here's the much ballyhooed, much discussed segment for the other kind of radio called what's the thesis. So before I bring on my special guest to this segment, this came about because uh, in one of the conversations with Jeff, we talked about kind of the things that we say, that younger kids might not understand. And therefore I, I brought up, hey, I've got a 16 year old daughter and she has a lot of things in her vernacular that while I get the words, I'm kind of like, what? And so without further ado, I'm gonna introduce, this is my 16 year old daughter, Abby. Abby, say hello. Hi. All the kind listeners, that's Abby. So <laughs> she's a little nervous. This is gonna be her first one, but you know, again, this is called, what's the thesis? That is the name of the segment and that comes from that she would come home and she's looking at me and she'll go all of a sudden say, what's the T, sis? So, hey, sis, what's the T? The T is drama. Is That's it, all it is. Is it always drama? Like, is it a, a situation where, or is it, is it all inclusive of kind of like drama represents what's going on? What, what's the T, sis? Are you asking people, is there crap that's happened? Or are you just simply saying, what's up? It can be both. It can be like, like yeah what's the drama or it can just be like what's going on in your life or like how are you basically now it's this i've asked you this before and honestly don't remember is this something that you just call your friends or do all your friends kind of call each other sis it comes from a youtuber um his name is james charles and he calls his subscribers sisters and so basically to kind of shorten it he'll be like like oh sis and then i think that Obviously, like that's a trend of his, and people want to be like him. So then he'll just kids call each other sis. So basically, all my friends call each other sis. And so because I'm over here trying to coach her, and I have no problem pulling back the uh, the veneer. Put your mouth closer to the mic. You don't have to <laughs> swallow it. It's not like that. <laughs> um, so so now we know what's the thesis is a way to open up and say what's going on or what's happened, etc. I know that when I gave you this idea of this segment, you liked it and you started putting things in your phone. So just look at that list of the phone. Let's give the kind listener, the kind listener, that's what Jeff and I call the listeners of, of the other kinds So the kind listeners. Tell them another saying that you or your friends might say 
then what I want you to do is tell me what it means and kind of just, you know, when you would use it, how you would use it. Okay. Um, let's do wig snatched. Wig snatched. Yeah. Okay. Now I I know from listening to you, there are other things you say about weave. Weave, but, like weave snatched or wig. So weave or wig is the same. So you're you're basically saying you're going to yank somebody's hair. Sort of. It. I mean, that's like derivative of it, but it's not it's always that. Okay. So from my perspective, if you said that, and it's not so much, you know, I'm not trying to be literal that you're pulling their hair, but it's like. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna snatch your weave. You're you're getting back at somebody. You're kind of exacting retribution, right? Sort of. Okay, then tell me what it is. Otherwise, <laughs> it's kind of like it could be used mostly when me and my friends use it. It's like shocking, like it's shocking news. So, like, let's say I don't know. There was just something shocking, and she goes, and it totally yanked my weave. So it kind of like pulled you back, and oh. it kind of like shocked you. So it's. Almost like if someone like came up behind you and just yanked your hair, it would shock you, basically. That's funny, because in all the times you or your friends use it, I was, you know, because you also, it seems like you use it, you know, jokingly, like your your mother will often say, say I'm going to cut you, which is her joke of, you know, because she loves true crime, she's like, I'm going to cut you. Well, that's kind of when you snatch a weave or something like that. I always think that's how you've kind of used it, but I see what you're saying as well. It could be, it could probably be that, but it can also be a bit of surprise, right? Yeah, you can say, like I said, like shocking or in other cases to like playfully threaten or something like that. Well, you know what, Abby, first off, I'm sure the kind listeners are completely enamored with you being here and and telling them so that, that they can talk like teenagers that's mm -hmm. that's my goal as a 52 year old man is somehow to talk like a teenager and you make me a little bit smarter every day so that's the first installment of what's the thesis abby thank you for being my co-host of this segment you're welcome back to you jeff thanks todd thanks todd in the past that recorded and now back with live todd which i think was pretty close to uh creating a tear in the space-time continuum. So a couple of things. One, I laughed out loud three or four times in that segment. So um, first, want to thank Abby for doing that. Um, she did a fantastic job. Um, and I look forward to the many, many more installments of that segment. Um, so thank you, thank you, Abby. Great job. You, on the other hand... <laughs> <laughs> you like how I... <laughs> didn't pre-pro and listen to my own recording so that I repeated myself. Man, there's nothing like professional podcasting Todd. He he is on top of his game. I'm just talking about kind of like uh uh yeah, just just you know trying to get her to to come up with the stuff and everything. And then like you would kind of banter around or or bat around the what you thought it was and she was always like like no, no, actually it's 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 not that. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you the truth. I kind of I I told her at the end. She 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 never vocalized this. She you know she's right. like I, I, you would say things and I disagreed. And I'm like, but that makes good yeah. podcasting. You yeah. know, if we're on the same page, it's boring and and that's when Matt falls asleep. Yes, right. But we want Matt to stay awake, and we think that we just invigorate him because we were com conversing back and forth. Right. So uh, that's great. She she gets she gets a ding. She gets a point. Great job. Uh, you. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna have to. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, great job. I love it. So now we have to try and incorporate some of these things that she's saying uh, into the program. And uh, um, I will say, uh, as we uh, begin to move into our next segment, 
this particular film really yanked my weave. Yes, it did, Jeff. That is, <laughs> man, I you are already to, on top of your teenage vernacular game. You were just killing it. It helps when your maturity level is that of a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> we can get into that another time. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you know where I have ever moved beyond that. We'll really put Matt to sleep with that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let me. Uh, so, this is a joint uh, Todd's take on and uh, Jeff's judgment on. So, let me. Uh, it's, it, can we, since it's a joint uh, effort here, is it okay if uh, we use your typewriter? I, you know what, Jeff? I, I would feel honored if you would actually take the time to type something out of my typewriter it's yours go ahead you know what and it's not even a typewriter it's a projector for you that's 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 being tired folks i'm sorry <laughs> can we use your projector well hang on let me blow the dust right. off of it go ahead uh gotta love that sound all right, so since it's a joint Jeff's Judgment and Todd's Take On, uh, we are going to be discussing today one of the films, I believe, nominated for an Oscar for Best Film, Roma. It is available from Netflix and currently uh, streaming away uh, with the tale of the tape and the, uh, the official information about the film. I'll throw it over to Todd. Todd, tell us about Roma. Roma comes from a man that has quickly become one of my absolute favorite directors, Alfonso Cuaron, who recently directed Gravity with Sandra Bullock. He also did the excellent uh, Children of Men with Clive Owen. He did one of the Harry Potter films, which I'm not the biggest Harry Potter film, but I'm even to the point like, hey, I got to go back and watch this. Roma simply, and I mean simply, I have to state that for the kind listener, it simply tells the story of a family over one year in, in their life in Mexico through the events and eyes of their their maid what happens to them and to her and it this is one of those films that i beg people don't think that every film has to have crescendos of the orchestra explosions sometimes film is meant to capture life and the absurdities that go on as we simply survive day to day um he dedicates this at the very end to the woman that inspired it and that was their house cleaner. And it, it, it reads like a love letter to that woman and what she meant to them. It is written by, directed by, and cinematography by Alfonso Cuaron. So it is truly what, they, what the French call an auteur. The, he is completely the voice of film in this motion picture. Jeff, I was so excited to tell you that I'd watched it. And then you told me you'd watched it. And, and what did you think of it? Well, I tell you what, there's there's a couple things about this film. Um, first of all, I think it hits um, kind of like three big things that if you told somebody uh, um, uh, existed in this 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 film, it would it would lean them towards not wanting to watch it. First of all, subtitles. And I mean, I never mind minded subtitles that much growing up. You know, my parents took me to see some movies and it just kind of was it. But, you know, in in the years that I've been uh, walking around and breathing air and talking to other human beings, you know, you mentioned close, not closed captioning, sorry, subtitles. And they're like, no, you know, I don't want to go to a movie to read. So, OK, all right. Second, black and white. Um, there are people that, you know, like it. There are other people who are like, you know, think it's boring or need that spark of color to you know, gain their attention and their engagement in a film. And third, 
it's just what you said. It is literally a film about one year in a family's life. And so there's no in a town. There's none of that. It's just, hey, this is, you know, this is these people's lives. Um, We watched it on a Sunday afternoon, and it was absolutely riveting for me. Um, I also told you in the pre-production meeting that if we had, and you know, the great thing, real quick, I'm going to, I'm going to trip myself up here when people, you know, when I was engaging people in San Francisco and Dallas and like, okay, you have a podcast, you know, like everybody has a podcast. I mean, literally everybody, uh, who, uh, who's uh, a redheaded, uh, uh, talk show host on TV, on TBS, Conan O'Brien, he has a podcast now. Um, Ellen has a pod. I mean, just everybody has a podcast anyway. So they say, you know, what is your about? What is the podcast about? And I said, pulp culture. And then, you know, that's just like saying, what flavor of ice cream do you like? And you're, you're like vanilla, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. Um, but it, they really gain traction a little bit with it. When I tell them that we went through the AFI top 100. So why have I taken up about 30 seconds of this podcast time explaining that? Because to me, from the opening shot, I realized if I hadn't looked at those films and you and I hadn't gone through those, I wouldn't have been able to see or appreciate the real beauty in this movie. And the one that came to mind was Citizen Kane. Because that movie taught me a little bit. And I'm not claiming to be an ex- expert here, folks. You know me. I'm just a, uh, would you say I'm a, ne- was it a neophyte? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A neophyte. But you know what? In life, every one of us is a neophyte to some extent. Okay, we'll put that on a T-shirt. That's good. Um, of course, we'll misspell it, and it'll be a bad word or something, and then we'll get sued. No, we'll put neo f i t e. Right. Um, so, um, I mean, the opening shot is is slowly comes into into focus and frame, and you realize that you're in a little uh, courtyard, in in a house looking at a puddle which is reflecting the sky and the surrounding opening walls to that courtyard and you see a plane fly by and immediately i mean what they're trying to do there i thought was so great because you're looking at a puddle big deal oh it's inside a house so it's oh it's a little little fun with that shot where you're reflecting and then to see the plane go overhead really kind of pulls everything back and saying you're so close to this puzzle this puddle but you are also get the appreciation for the people that are in a plane flying overhead as that gives depth to the shot. I don't know if any of that makes any sense, but that's what I got from it. <clears throat> what it, it absolutely makes sense. And I think one other key element, what I love in film, what I, what I adore, it's more than love Yeah, is when in a shot that is an innocuous shot, such as this, it stays on the, the, the tiles and we can hear the sloshing of water. We know because of the visual and audio cues without anyone saying it, we're watching someone clean. And it sets- Oh, that's the, right, yeah. It sets the actual palette for, I'm going to watch somebody that is subservient to someone else without ever saying it, and that their world is included within this. It's puddles. It's here's the freedom up above, but within this is who they are. And Alfonso Cuaron, I, I have, one of the reasons I fell in love with him when I knew I, I loved Children of Men and I was like, oh, great film. Didn't really pay attention to who he was. When I saw Gravity and I and, and I know that's a very polarizing film for a lot of people, including my dad and I have fought about it because he just thinks Sandra Bullock's atrocious as an actress. And I keep saying, yeah, but you know what? Watch that again because she's really good. 
he does so many beautiful visual motifs in that film that it was like, oh my God, maybe I've not been fair. And I went back and watched Children of Men again. I watched these things. To me, it's almost like you see him completely emerge in this film where he trusts his visual sense to tell us the story time and time again. Sometimes it's the spatial relations where the camera simply pans across the house and the chaos of the family is going on as the maid simply walks across the frame and she's the stability as the, the rest of the world falls apart. I hope you'll allow me some latitude to read something to you real quick. Yeah, absolutely. I, one thing I wanted to follow up on, and I, uh, I owe uh, you and the kind listener a big apology. I forgot to say about the whole puddle. <clears throat> yes, you hit it right on, on, on the nose. The, if someone is throwing water and washing and cleaning a particular area that, 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 that's in the shot. And it in itself, and I mean, if you could, we could get some real, real hardcore artsy people on here and they could say the drain represents death and the water is, you know, da-da-da. But in the end, yeah, yeah. but in the end, it, it does make sense because that's also the area where three or four times in the film, characters either step in it or they yell at the maids to clean up the dog poop. <laughs> Yeah. So even the dog poop seems to have a pretty big role in this movie. Um, I thought that too. Yeah, I, I, perfectly said. I just wanted to let you know I had forgotten that. I would saw it before I left, and, and my you know I've slept since then, so I had forgotten that. So thank you for bringing that up. Please read us something. Yeah, go right ahead. To the to the dog poop yeah. thing. Um, Alfonso Cuarón himself says ninety percent ninety percent of the scenes in this film are taken directly from his memory as a child. Now, he, as far as I can tell, and and I purposely did stay away from reading a lot about this film until I could find the the two hours and fifteen minutes to watch it. No. So I've got to dig into it, and and he may have said since then, but I don't believe he's ever acknowledged which of those children is more supposed to be him. Right, but. He, you know, this is directly from what he observed. And as I said, he dedicates it to the woman that was their, their maid. Now, this is what I want to read. And it's, it's about a paragraph. So, so bear with me. But to me, it really does say what's in his mind, the artist's mind, as he does this. There are periods in history that scar societies and moments in life that transform us as individuals. Time and space constrain us, but they also define who we are, creating inexplicable bonds with others that flow with us at the same time and through the same places. Roma is an attempt to capture the memory of events that I experienced almost 50 years ago. And it, it's an exploration of Mexico's social hierarchy where class and ethnicity have been perver uh, perversely interwoven to this date. And above all, it's an intimate portrait of the woman, the women, excuse me, the women who raised me in a recognition of love as mystery that transcends space, memory, and time. And I, you know, that's a, that's a very heady way of saying the simplicity of this film is within that because there are moments you know you do get the simplicity but then there, there are these textural things around it as they see the chaos of the society breaking down around them yes and you get that he probably observed these things that he saw this i find it fascinating because as any artist you know i, t I spoke about uh springsteen's broadway thing that is on netflix where you see that curtain pull back and you know why he tells the stories he does i think once again you have an opportunity especially if you'll go jump into Quran's further films to say, I now understand why he has these themes in his films. Yeah. It, it, this is just an amazing film. And I, I'm going to end this. I'm going to, I'm going to shut up and give it back to you after I say one more thing. Sure. Yeah, yeah. As your friend. Oh boy. I already told you how proud I was of you as we went through AFI and that, you know, anytime anybody can look at something and say, Hey, I was wrong. And it's not a, I'm, a, I'm wrong. I'm an idiot. It was a wrong. I, 
I didn't understand. Right. And you had that moment. I am so thrilled that that moment allowed you to look at a film like this because and, and, and love it because it would have only been a few years ago when I would have said it, you'd come boring yeah, subtitles, yeah. black and white. No. Yep. But man, my heart pounds super true for you right now. I, I, I love that you love this movie. Yeah, it, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, but again, if if your if your spaghetti, you know, has to come from a can, this movie may not be made for you. Um, You're right. Yeah. If if you if you know Avengers and everything is your is your pace. But to echo words that was once said to me by my co-host, if there's a particular day that strikes you in a particular mood, and you feel like doing something a little different, this is a good place to start because this movie does so much and brings so much Jeff's judgment on this is it's going to be a classic I think someday we may see it on the AFI 100 I think it does a lot of checks a lot of boxes when it comes to great filmmaking and hats uh, tip of the cap uh, to to uh, to the director and the entire team that worked on it I'm sure it was a big group effort and uh, go see this here 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 all right so let's go ahead and uh, it's not a typewriter. Let's go ahead and put that projector away. If I keep double clicking, I'm going to just lose it. Let's just go ahead and put that projector away. And that concludes this uh, joint effort of Jeff Judgment on and Todd's Todd's take on. Okay, Jeff, you've been on the road for 14 days. I'm going to take over right now while Jeff gets a quick cat nap and just say that we appreciate here at The Other Kind what a great job Jeff usually does. Today, I'm sorry. You know, the double-click thing, it really is that his brain doesn't know whether to be awake or asleep. Oh so, everybody, you're in break. And now I'd like to welcome back in right. my lovely co-host, right. Jeff. It was minute 34 when Jeff lost all ability to be a podcast host. <laughs> Um, okay, so we're going to move from there. We're going to head to center stage uh, to a documentary that is available uh, both on... Oh, I don't have... Uh, I thought I had Hulu. All right, Hulu, blah, 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 whatever Hulu sound effect, and Netflix. And Netflix. There's a double click again, folks. Um, about an event that took place a couple years ago, and I like to get, throw it over to Todd for the tale of the tape, but um, um, very interesting... And we're going to be talking about the documentary that that uh, both documentaries that uh, surround the event that was uh, known as the Fire Music Festival. So, Todd, tell us about what we're talking about today. So to jog everyone's memory, and, and I'll be honest, I needed my memory jog. I remember when this happened. It was 2017 and a social media craze occurred where all these tweets and whatnot started going out because of a new thing called the Fire Festival. And... It was a lot of supermodels. It was a lot of garbage, which was selling the idea that if you bought into this, you could go to a uh, an island in the Bahamas and see a big music festival, which I don't think it right away they had advertised this, but they promised big bands. Eventually, mm -hmm. Blink-182 was associated with it. Mm -hmm. That ended up being the, one of the biggest ruse, ruses, I guess is how you say that, in the the pop culture history of, of recent uh, years to the point that we basically sent people to prison for stealing money for yeah. doing things wrong for not being honest this included 
the CEO of the company, Billy McFarland, and the rapper Ja Rule. And they associated themselves with Ja Rule so they could get kind of street cred within the current pop culture zeitgeist. And boy, did everything go wrong for them. So these two films, they, they tell the same story. One tells it a little bit more factual, and one tells a little bit more in the head of, of the man, Billy McFarland. So that leads us to what I thought was a genius pull on this is that Netflix very famously kind of was telling, we're going to have this thing about the Fire Festival. Well, Hulu very quietly went out and made their own and released it the day before Netflix to get the drop on them. So that was at least fun from that perspective. Now, I was super excited when Jeff told me he'd watch both of these. So my first question to you is, which did you watch first, Jeff? Netflix. I watched Hulu first. Ooh. So Hulu, in my opinion, mm -hmm. takes they don't quite go as factual to me now they're facts but they don't get into the depth of what they did and how they did it and why it fell apart so i'm going to start with netflix because netflix does a very good job of not only telling you that they went after getting this island and all this was done because they were launching an app to book bands and they thought if we do the festival and make it this high coachella you know bigger celebrity type reach than even coachella has um we will we we do this over and over people are going to flock to this app well right. they decided to get an ama that was originally um pablo escobar's island mm -hmm. well that fell apart for them and so they eventually have to go to an, another island this is where i thought hulu didn't do as good of a job because netflix tells us not only did they go to another island they kind of went to the armpit of that island mm -hmm. and they even mocked it up so it looked like it was not a part of another <laughs> island I mean, it was a lie at every step of the way was another piece of BS. And I, I think it's worth uh, mentioning, too, that both uh, both documentaries start out talking about Billy and his uh, missed um, uh, business venture. And I can't remember the name of the credit card. It was uh, Todd will look it up uh, there. Magnesis. Mm -hmm. Which is which they which Billy admits in the podcast uh, in the podcast in the documentary we're losing me quick folks um that it was just a made-up name and basically what it was it was a credit card that you could tie to any of your debits or credit cards and you pay them money right so you're still using your amex or your visa or your debit card but you're joining the club you're paying fees and then in new york city you have access to like this uh, loft that they had parties and social events at and stuff like that. Um, the first thing that I noticed was he uh, was somewhat successful, but was always um, over uh, stating how many members they had and how much money they had uh, available. So it kind of sets the stage that this guy is about a quick buck and, you know, then yes, they go down. And, and 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 part of this, the the, the thing about this story, it's part con artist, but the other thing I think is important to point out is it's a part buyer beware because, <laughs> I mean, you and I are they, they targeted millennials. Todd and I are not millennials; we're a little older. But I definitely think in today's age, you know, you remember I remember my parents saying to me, you know, it's like, oh, but it says it's free. You know, it's it's only a penny for for a CD, and and my father would always say, but yeah, but you got to look at that fine print. You got to go in and you got to see is this really a good deal? Because they'll give you a couple for a penny, but that you got to buy a whole bunch of CDs. So 
what they did was they took a film crew down to that Bahama Island on hot models and, and all this stuff and yachts, and they made this basically this commercial um, for their event. A beautifully shot commercial. Beautifully shot. shot. Done by, I believe, some of the top, one of the top ad agencies or marketing agencies in New York City. You know, that's where the Mad Men, uh, you know, that whole industry was born, if you ask me, was, was out of that. So very talented, very well done. Then the second thing they did was uh, they utilized um, social media and did, it, did a really cool thing. And I think it's in the Netflix one. They were talking about it. What they did on Instagram. So if you go to your Instagram account and you start going through it, it's pictures of food, it's faces, it's something going on. Um, and and if you the faster you start swiping through them, the more and more they look the same. So what they did was they said, you know, we're just going to have an orange tile. And that's going to be something completely different that's not on there. And that will get people to stop. So that even in itself was a good idea. And people did stop, and they did start looking. Then they started going to the website and watching the video. Then they started booking. Now this, I don't even know. I've never been to Coachella. I've never been to Burning Man. I don't even know what those run. But what they were selling uh, were these beautiful villas and stuff for, we'll just call it not cheap, thousands (laughs) and thousands of dollars um, for these things uh, that, you know, again, they drew and, and... basically marketed but it didn't really even exist especially when they had to move it and the reason why they lost the pablo escobar island was when they signed the agreement to use it um they said hey by the way don't don't tell people it used to be pablo escobar's island and i think it's like within like the first 15 seconds of their promo it says on an island that used to belong to pablo escobar so the people said you we're not going to let you use it so they did move it to a really bad uh part of the island and the other thing that was really interesting to me, so as you get through the documentary, you start understanding that Billy and these guys that are putting it together are burning through money and they need more. And the other thing that I thought that, that really turned my head was they started, people that had bought tickets, they started telling them that that currency wouldn't work on the island. So you needed to get a wristband that you could put credits on that, you know, you could go grab a beer, they'd scam your bracelet and blah, 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 blah which is interesting because that island doesn't have internet, but they weren't say like, you know, put a couple hundred dollars on it. There are people that were putting, you know, tens, I would, I don't know about tens of thousands, but thousands of dollars on these wristbands and expected to go down there. Um, and then of course, as you progress through it, then, and, and you know what, as a, as a, a project manager, as someone that, and you as well have worked in live events, this movie stressed me out. It did me too. I <laughs> it stressed me out, but I couldn't quit watching it because I've I, I may not have known people on the level of a Billy McFarland, but I have seen these people that it is constantly I'm doing this and it's I'm the biggest thing ever and and that's this guy. He he has a very smug little face that when you look at it, at first you think, oh, he's a good looking kid, and you're like, I kind of want to punch him. So he's one of those people that to Jeff's comments, it was always you buy your way on the island. Oh, but you're going to need money here. Oh, but you're going to need that. And you start as you watch, especially the Netflix one does a very good job of pointing this out, how it was a constant revolving. He would have a new scheme and that scheme, it was very Ponzi scheme-esque because he would start another one to pay off the people from the first scheme. But things begin to fall apart on him when caterers cannot do what they want to do. Different things fall apart. They can't, they don't have enough houses because 
when they moved from the Esquire Island to the other one, the other island has a big event at the same time. And so they have no houses to give to them. They're screwed. And what they should have done, and they even say it now, and we should have at that point said, you know what, this is, we want, we want to pause and reschedule this at a different time. Yeah, you would have taken a hit, but it would have been nowhere as big as this. Right. Um, I, you know, when we look at the two documentaries, I, because I want to at least set the stage. Sure. I think what the Hulu one does very well is it really gets more in the mind of Billy McFarlane. We see his BS. We see how he kind of runs things, runs things because they actually interview him. He sits down yeah. and he's very evasive about a number of things. And you get it that lawyers have told him not to, to, to say things. You don't get that level of exposure to his mind in the Netflix one. It's the reason that I really think if you're going to devote two hours to one of these, go ahead and devote roughly four hours. I think it's about three and a half is what you'd give yeah. and watch both of them because together they're fascinating. I, I think it's hilarious how every generation to some extent has this kind of thing where we're exposed for the frauds we are as, as a culture when it's, I want to be a part of this, whether it's that magnesis card where you're simply buying and they even put those cards on some kind of metal or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So it's heavier and bigger and thicker. Yeah. You realize what a piece of BS that was because you're not getting anything. You're buying friendship. You're buying it's the biggest yeah. fraternity sorority in the world. But then you get this next level, which is this festival because they put these supermodels, which they even said themselves, they're putting some of those beautiful women on this that aren't going to be at this damn festival. Right. Now, this famously fell apart when once everybody got to the island, images began coming back of that uh, we're supposed to have these kind of villas. What is this? And they were actually hurricane fallout tents FEMA, or something FEMA like tents, that. FEMA tents, yeah. Yeah. And, and then, but the most famous of images that came out was the one where somebody had taken a simple uh, styrofoam food container and said this is the the amazing catering that yep. we were promised and it was literally at like a cheese sandwich with a salad with salad dressing just squirted on it yeah so they knew at that point everything had fallen apart they go so far as that eventually they don't have flights off the island they lock the people in the in the airport mm -hmm. because they don't they don't want them running out to sabotage what other equipment is there i mean mm -hmm. it was it was literally a Lord of the Flies horrific scene. Yeah. Now, th this gentleman has since gone on and is spending some time in prison for what he's done. But you eat, I even got the feeling like, holy crap. And when I watched the Hulu one, I especially got this. I thought, he'll be back and he'll do something. Oh, I was yeah. so glad when the Netflix one told me that part of his punishment was that he could not be a CEO of a company. That was, they had stipulated that. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it, when it fall, falls apart, and of course, you know, part of his, uh, the, the marketing uh, tool that they used was to get what are known as influencers on Instagram. Influencers have a certain number of followers, so they'll get paid by, you know, a clothing company to you know show off something that they they're wearing and then you know the idea being that um, many other people will purchase as well because you want to live that life and I can't believe I can't remember which uh, Jenner it was it was one of the younger sisters was paid a quarter of a million dollars to tweet or uh, put on Instagram that she was going to be attending or was excited about it <clears throat> Kindle Kendall Jenner yeah. was the one that, that popped that out there. And and that even becomes this absolute lunacy of yes. how social media has become this unchecked area at which anyone can say anything. And these people are paid out the wazoo. Advertisements, people get paid to be associated and be the face of. But, man, now she's actually taking her millions of followers. And how many of them are getting, you know, 
pillaged over right. you know their money is just being stolen from them i think it also uh, go i'm sorry go ahead no 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 please i was just gonna say the other thing that's interesting is you know okay so the festival pa- falls apart there's a hundred million dollar uh class action lawsuit that's being thrown at, at him and you know he goes and um, goes in front of the judge and and gets put in jail and then gets out on bond and the second the last part especially the the netflix one is people that had signed up for the fry uh or the fire i keep want to call it fry the fire festival starts getting emails from i think it's uh, uh vip nye events or ny events or something basically offering tickets to victoria's secret show uh to uh to other fashion shows to other social Any, events things like that yeah and so one of the guys that's on the um, on the documentary goes on to say that you know they're getting these they're getting these uh, emails and everything, and that some of the events don't even sell tickets, mm-hmm. and basically you know it's looking like another kind of weird thing. So they do a little digging, and with and he didn't really hide the fact at all that in fact it it was Billy again, but it was another guy that was the front guy, and basically they were just hustling people. Um, and you know robbing peter to pay paul so to speak where they would you know get all this money for these tickets and then you know people wouldn't uh would end up complaining and they refund them but before they refunded them they would uh go and buy these tickets that they were offering uh you know like to like uh what is what's the broadway hit right hamilton you know tickets for like four hundred dollars so i mean it's just like the worst business model but he's just back in it and uh that was when they really locked him up and said, "Look, you can't, you can't do, you can't be a CEO, you can't do any of that." So this guy is relentless. He has no idea, or uh, you know, I don't know if the word uh, psychopath uh, is uh, uh, right. Not psychopath. What's uh... no? I actually think, and and you know, your your dad who listens to this, yeah. being psychologist probably correct us but it's funny you mentioned that because I thought of him the other day when I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about. Um, the, the recent Ted Bundy documentary yeah. that's on Netflix as well. And I watched that and they were talking about a psychopath, how so many of them, you, you'll get the Ted Bundy's, the BTK killers who need to do something perverse to satiate their need for power. Yeah. But then they said, then you have, that's not the only way psychopaths do it. You have schemers. And I went, Oh my God, Billy <laughs> McFarlane is Ted Bundy. And they start talking even CEOs are that same kind of person where they'll fire people, they'll control people he's a sick man yeah and it's 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 sad when you watch the people around him dealing with what he did yeah. including people that love and care for him yep I, the one thing that struck me is how many times um a, a, fam- a family member or a girlfriend or something will almost take up and say he's not a bad person you yeah. know i having my daughter on earlier i've always told her this look you know I love you no matter what, and right. I'll be by your side no matter what. Even if you kill somebody, I'll be by your side, but I will tell you every day while you're in jail, you're wrong. You did something wrong, <laughs> you need to pay for it. Right. These people, everybody wants to make an excuse for him that's near him, and that's what just, as I watch it, I'm like, holy crap, yeah. how do you make an excuse for this? You yeah. eventually confront them and say, no, pay pay back what you've done. Right. And no one does that in him, at least that we see. No, yeah, no, and, and it'll be interesting because, like you said, and then alluding towards the end, um, I think it's definitely the Hulu one that that, that 
that states he'll be back. I think that's what you said. I don't know if it was a Netflix, Netflix ones. And we will. Yeah. And he may not have the title of CEO or owner or anything like that, but this guy's going to be back. He's going to learn from the mistakes that he made on the previous scams and come up with another one that'll be uh, just as tricky and just as uh, uh, hidden as far as what the true element that's uh, operating behind the scenes. So I say this to you, the kind listener. Um, you know, buyer, buyer beware. We need a little bit more of that. If something's looking too good and, you know, uh, you aren't getting things like travel arrangements weeks before you're headed there, that's a bad, bad sign. Um, so, and, 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 but, but, but in this, okay, so we have the monster that is Billy. The other monster we have, again, that was exposed a little bit on this, we'll spend just a little bit of time talking about it, is the monster of social media and what it means. And you and I miss this a lot due to the age that we're at, but the monster of wanting to be what you see um, and are fed, if you allow yourself to, every day. So just as Billy is uh, guilty of of the crimes of of lying and, and not providing what he said he would, that lie of what you see through social media and certain pictures and advertisements and stuff is another one. And I think it's grown to a pretty, a pretty big sized issue. I mean, like you and I, again, we grew up in a different age where, you know, you, of course you saw, you know, the, the guy in the guest jeans or whatever with a hot model. And you're like, yeah, that'd be cool. But because Instagram and those things went around, we weren't fed it on a, you know, on a daily basis. Um, you know, the cars were big. Everybody wanted to have a really fast car. So that was kind of the thing. But, um, and I was never in a position where you say, yeah, give us, you know, $50,000. You can come stay on our island. Be like, ah, that's okay. I'm good. I'm going to. Well, I think that's where some of the, the joy in this whole thing comes from is the people that can't afford to live this lifestyle, watching those on social media to your point right that it's not just what they initially said hey be a part of this it's, right. it's the thickening part where everybody's like oh my god i'm going here look at me right. and they constantly kept showing people that were influencers people yeah. on netflix that have tons of followers and i fight this with my daughter like okay you, you, hang on you're watching as she even referred to that one person that uses the term sis they're getting paid yeah they're something to get you to follow because they're getting paid why are they getting paid because there's so many of you and so when they say things they may not be telling you the truth right. oh they're genuine yeah no they're not no because they're getting paid <laughs> and so you watch that sickening sickening cycle yeah in this, and it's, it really is the unspoken story of this entire documentary that I'm, I'm glad you pointed out where these people got this so uh, the joy that i mentioned was the rest of the world going yeah nothing be happier than watching rich kids get it in the shorts because they were, everyone's laughing at them and people were trying to warn people about how much this was falling apart everybody wants and this is everybody this is you and i sure to be included as something that's either important significant something other people don't have we want to be seen in those moments that's why we all post to social media to some extent usually is to share our lives yes these people are taking it to another level where it's exclusivity that somehow they're the elite and whatnot. Yeah. And it's rather sickening that he was able to exploit this the way he was. Um, I want to, I want to point out, this is spelled F Y R E. This is not oh. F I R E in case you're considering watching it. The Hulu uh, version is fire fraud. The Netflix version is simply fire F Y R E both well worth your time. Look at you taking care of the kind listener. 
Well, I definitely think it's worth checking out. Like I said, uh, I don't have the Hulu sounder. I thought I did, but uh, check it out on Netflix. And uh, currently, you are listening to The Other Kind Radio. I'm Jeff. He's Todd. There are a number of ways to contact us. Uh, We both are on Twitter. Um, And then, of course, you can use the old-fashioned email. Mine is Jeff at TheOtherKindRadio.com. His is Todd at TheOtherKindRadio.com. And if you don't want to really address it to either one of us specifically, you can send it to info at the other kind radio.com which brings up a quick segment before we get into our last uh part of the show where we're going to make a prediction about a sporting event that we can't say uh, or shouldn't say or scared to say because the people putting it on have a lot of lawyers um but this didn't sound good uh, we have been receiving your letters we have been receiving your comments chef jeff i know you've got uh some emails into us we're going to get to those we're going to talk to them uh todd was mentioning earlier and i'll let him say i think uh uh my father wrote in and and it, it got pushed down in my email until the other day i was sifting through so you know i can i call your dad by his first name am i okay with that? yeah sure randy so i can say randy and not just say jeff's dad that's yeah. okay so randy i i saw you sent an email and i'm assuming it's pushed more towards me because it's called the house springsteen built an oral history on the, of the stone pony where he played as a young man I'm sorry I missed it. That was, it, for whatever reason, all the other stuff that was in that inbox the other day, I went, oh, what's that? Oops. Yeah. So I will read that. I will get back to you, I promise. Right. And all of this after I'm, I'm promoting the fact that we want your we want your emails. And then send them to us so we can not read them or get a sw- <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Thanks so much. Talk about talk about one-way love. Yeah, no, send it to us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, we're not going to read it. So we'll, we'll have an upcoming episode um, where we'll dive into the mail bag or whatever we end up calling it and, and talk to the kind listeners. We do appreciate those. We, we, we do see them, um, and we will get those in. Um, blame me. I'm the producer. So, uh, so before we get into our next thing... Um, what was I going to say? It was brilliant, and I've now uh, forgot it. So uh, probably in an email you haven't read. Go look. All right, let's get into our last segment here on this forty-second episode of the Other Kind Radio. Today's a big day. It's blah 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 Sunday. Um, now, to be uh, a little more transparent, we could say we can say the word Super Bowl. But those fine folks over there at the NFL um, are very particular. In fact, I sent uh, Todd a article today. Um, there, in the past, there was a church that had it on their signboard out front that said, "Join us for you know a Super Bowl game and you know food and and love and faith and and the Super Bowl went after them. They sent a cease and desist order. So, just as we don't have high powered lawyers, um, I mean, I mean that's the NFL taking on the church. That's God right there. So watch out. Um, so we're just going to call it uh, that thing that men champion prediction portion of the show. We're going to talk about it. Um, my first question to you, Todd, I know you look like you have something you want to comment on, so please do that. But my question to you is, have you ever been to that thing that happens with the stuff and people to the, it's not a bowl. So it's a cup to the stupendous cup. That's what I'm going to call it. I've Great. never been to the stupendous cup right now. The NHL is going to come after us. Oh, God. <laughs> That is the story of my life. I think I'm being fun, and then I realize I just completely <laughs> slip on the banana peel. But but here's the thing. They'll probably send us an email, and we won't read it, so we'll be all right. 
<laughs> you know what? Your cease and desist, it was at the bottom of my inbox. I didn't see it. Right, exactly. No, I've never been. I I would love to go. Being a lifelong Cowboys fan, of course, I wish they would go back and I could go. I would just go see anybody. I love football so much. I'd love to be at that spectacle just once in my life. Cause I've heard, have you? No, I, ha- I Oh, well, um, I have worked events around that. I was uh, at the uh, Chafing Dish Championship um, back when it was in uh, Houston, and I worked a uh, in the convention center where they had uh, – the uh, NFL experience. Ooh, I don't know if I can say that. And basically, we ran a theater where we saw a we we played a film for people that stood in line. It was like highlights from that season, over and over and over again. Did not make it to the game, but uh, by the time we were the crew was cut, I walked into the walked into a bar at the exact same moment that Justin Timberlake uh, showed uh, Janet Jackson's boob, and the TV was. A positioned above the door that I walked into. So I walked into just a bunch of people going, you know, just making this like, you know, what the heck just happened look on their face. Um, but yeah, that's my only time I've been there. Um, it's quite a quite an event. Um, but I do hear that even the people that attend that particular men championship chafing dish celebration that it's not really even a lot of fans these days that it's mainly corporations and i mean i guess there are there's got to be some fans there but it's not a it's not a every team sets aside an allotment so fans get to go but you're absolutely right from what i've heard it's 60 percent corporations yeah. and then the fans split you know each side gets 20 percent of the remainder something some some equation like that yeah some unfact checks those are todd facts right there we'll call those <laughs> Done. I like that top packs. I'm going to start using those with my wife when we have disagreements. I'm sorry, I'm pulling out my top packs. Is it's like don't get not to get confused with like a Carfax. Uh, <laughs> I actually own Carfax. In case you didn't know, that's part of the top packs. Oh, nice, nice. We're working. That's, that's good working right there. Instantiated as a top pack. Okay, so we'll see. I've got I've got a sounder here. It's supposed to be crowd ambience. So let's see. Let's. Okay. All right, so like at a bar than a football game, but I like it. Okay. Um, oops. Okay. Well, that, that was an attempt. Uh, okay. So, whoa, what's this? Oh, that's a laser. Cool. Um, <laughs> all right. So you've never been. I've worked the event. Um, I know that uh, the good, the, the nice thing about um, this particular event is, I mean, it does bring a lot of people together. It's usually associated with a lot of food, a lot of family, uh, an event. You know, I know there are, are plenty of significant others that are out there that are happy that that today is the Chafing Dish Championship Men Tackle stuff because that means that the football season is over. Hmm. Yeah, right. That's you and I. Uh, my better half was saying uh, today. She said today is the chafing dish men tackle thing, and I don't give a s. <laughs> yeah, that's why I really like her. She says that. Of course, my wife is as big of a football fan as I am, and so we're both. This is a special day for us, right. and it's like, oh my god, we're having a couple of friends over tonight to watch it. How do we get the house clean? You know, it's trying to cram in everything before that five o'clock moment, which is what I'm keeping you from by doing this podcast. We'll, 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 
we'll we'll wrap it up. But um, my second question to you, yeah, is just just walk me through. What are you doing? You're doing it. You're obviously going to be showing it on your uh, your. I, I think it's the the LED board at Cowboys Stadium, and then your theater. It's, I think it, your theater is a little bigger than than that uh, tw- that hundred yard or that eighty yard uh, uh, screen that uh, Jerry Jones has in a stadium, right? Well, Jerry came into our house and took measurements of my projection screen and said, this is what I want, but I can't afford to do that. So can we do half of what Todd has? That's the size that I have in my house. I heard that originally he wanted to buy you out and build the stadium around your theater experience because it is so darn high tech and awesome. Well, at the very same time as when he had his facelift and he basically took in a picture of me and said, make me look more like Todd. Then he built it, wanted to build everything around my house. So he has a little bit of a crush on me. He got his, his wig, wig jacked. What was it? Again? <laughs> <laughs> what was Wig yanked. Wig yank. Yeah. Wig jack is different. <laughs> and yeah, so- okay. Don't bring my child in on that stuff, Jeff, yeah, please. And suddenly the podcast has gone blue. Um, so what are you, what are you going to be doing? You're just going to have friends over. Yeah, have a few friends over, make some hamburgers, sit around, drink beer, and watch the game. Now, did you it's, send invites to these friends, or was uh, it just all emails? I, I sent the the invite of a text message. Okay. Which I just realized as we're talking, I've never told them what time to be here today. So <laughs> can you hurry up so I can tell them what time to be here today? I've been a really bad host. Right. What are you doing today, Jeff? Uh, I... <laughs> Uh, I, I'm going over. I have not seen uh, my lovely parents uh, in a couple of weeks, so we're going to go over there, and we're going to watch the first half there and then head back uh, because if there's anything uh, that uh, Sweet Catherine is adamant about is she hates the band that's going to play at um, at halftime. I love her. <laughs> oh, my God. So I, I have held the long belief that if it weren't for the fact that they're front man was a pretty boy no one would listen to them they have one or two songs i'm like okay but i don't get them i don't get them at all so we'll be we'll be missing that but here here to our to uh for the kind listener our assignment let's at least keep track of the first couple of ads that play because that's the other element before we make our predictions here um that you know they back in the day it was it was just the premiere commercial i mean they were commercials that were done by huge ads agencies and seeing those first couple of commercials were were really good. And of course, on Monday, there'll be all the breakdown and rankings and everything. I figure we can kind of go over that a little bit too. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I love the commercials, but I, I swear that having people over and I love having the friends here, but I end up on Monday going back and watching them online more than I get to actually see them during the game. You know, I, right. my wife that drives her nuts because she, she, she loves football, but she won't see the commercials as much. And I just, I'm never in the room. So, you know. That's that's the story of my life. Everybody else has fun, and I'm out doing something else. All right, so here we go with our predictions. Now, what I'm going to need from you is I'm going to need to know the team that you are going to pick to win and the final score. So can I I, I want to throw out the caveat that just like the Oscars, and this is what I'm doing this year when we pick those, I'm not going to do what I think will win because I'm historical significance makes that whatever. So Copy. I'm going to do the exact same. I'm going to tell you who I think is going to win. Right. And that's, that's the, the damn Patriots. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. I got a whole production oh. thing lined up. So oh, I'm sorry. Let me, so, <laughs> yeah, let me, I'll hit the, I'll hit the sounder. So do you have that written down? Do you, or do you have the number and everything written down or in front of you? Of what I think the score will be? Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Okay. All right. So here we go. So this is the National Chafing Dish, uh, Cadbury, uh, Easter. No, that's can't do that. <laughs> um, prediction by Todd. So Todd, who's going to win the Super Bowl? 
I'm going to pull for the Rams, but the Patriots are going to win with Tom Brady driving down at the very end to win the game. They'll win something like 28 to 24. All right. Pats, 28-24, last-minute drive. All right, now it's my turn. My prediction, I am going to go with me, me, uh, mi corazón, my heart, is going to be the Rams. I think Brady is going to have his worst Super Bowl yet. He's going to throw interceptions. There's going to be lots of camera shots of him on the bench, scratching his head. You know, the Rams have a very smart coaching uh, crew. They got the youngest head coach in the NFL. I think they are going to really tear them apart. My prediction for Chafing Dish 2019, men tackling round thing, is Rams with the final score 42 to 9. Jeff? <laughs> okay. I. I will never, ever accept a championship for myself again when it comes to picking what wins an Academy Award season, if you can make that come true. I will simply tell you what, here's what should win and what will win. That's the way we'll do it, because <laughs> at that point, if you can make that come true, and I don't have to look at the smugness of Tom Brady one more time or hear that he's the greatest of all time, right? which is an argument I hate right. in any sport. I will kiss you <laughs> on the mouth. I will, I will just look at you and go, I, now I'm in love with you. And, you know, hey, we, we can both stay with our lovely uh, ladies, but, you I, know, I will go smoky kiss. I will tell you this. I will take a cold brew and 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 a conversation instead of the kiss. Uh, just, oh, you just... didn't know. I, I can't say the words you just said because NFL won't let me say, I'll go ahead and say it. They won't let me say cold brew, so wet kiss is my version of cold brew. Yeah, okay. I see we're doing code. All right. Fantastic. Oh, boy. Okay. So, uh, kind listener, thank you so much for joining us. We're in hour nine, or excuse me, one hour and nine minutes. So, that's a good a good uh, episode. Uh, thank you again to all the kind listeners in San Francisco and Dallas, those friends and family that are supporting, giving us feedback, and helping us make this a good production. To my co host, Todd. Thank you. Thank you for being patient. No, you're not feeling well, but thank you for coming on air. Anything else you want to throw out there? No, I'm good. Randy, sorry I didn't get your email. I'll, I'll shout at you soon. All right. The Other Kind Radio is a live podcast. It's recorded and posted on SoundCloud, but you can get us on iTunes and a number of other uh, podcast services. We do invite your feedback. We would like it if you gave us a quick rating uh, and wrote a comment on the show. We've got great ideas coming up for 2019. I'll start posting some of those on Twitter. But for right now, get comfortable, sit down, watch the Chafing, bit, uh, chafing Dish Championship. We are The Other Kind Radio.